some things on my heart that's been rolling around. And, and praise God, I've had about eight weeks to, 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 for it to stir up on the inside because on Wednesday, I usually preach on Wednesdays, and we've been doing our, um, our uh, citizenship. Thank you for that word. Um, we've been doing that, and, and it's been really good, hasn't it? I am looking forward to the Monuments movie. Um, but I want to talk today about uh, it's not our flesh, not the flesh. And I thought this was a beautiful picture. But I've been sharing with you on Wednesdays, if you remember, um, we've been talking about 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Can you say fight the good fight of faith? Now, if it's a good fight, guess what? You win. If you're getting beat up, it's not a good fight, is it? If you're coming in with a bloody lip and a black eye, you can't say it was a great fight. Well, you might be able to say that. It was a fun fight or something. But it's not a good fight when you're getting beat up. And the, We need to stop fighting the devil, and we need to start resisting him. The devil and all his cohorts cannot make you do anything destructive in your life. They cannot do it. Because we need to fight the good fight of faith. And it's also a faith fight. A faith fight means we're, we're, not, uh, we're not trusting on anything but the Lord here. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the, pow and, and in the power of His might. Whose might? Now, I know William is an extremely buff character. He's tall, lean, full of muscle and mass. But it's not on, all on William's strength that he has to depend upon. It's the Lord's strength. If, 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 if William's going through something, if he's beat up about something, if he's going through that fight, he can lean upon the Lord in his might and in his power. A lot of us are getting beat up and wore out because we're trying to fight it on our own power. Whose power should we be depending upon? His power and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand against the wiles of the devil. What is wiles? We don't use wiles. I don't go to the store and say, can I have a cup of wiles? Oh, so I looked it up. You're, you're welcome. You'll thank me later. Wiles, devious or cunning stratagems. We don't even say stratagems. Devious or cunning stratagems employed in manipulating or persuading someone to do what one wants. He is trying to manipulate you to get you to do the things he wants. But what does the word stay here? That you may be able to stand against all those strategies, against all those manipulations of the devil. Some people think the devil is a little powerful. Some people think the devil's power, oh, don't say the devil. You know, I'm reading, uh, the devil is a, a wimp, the devil, ooh, don't say, no, the devil is defeated. We have to enforce that defeat. He, the only power he has is the power we give him. 
And in honor of my wife being in here, I have an object lesson for you. <laughs> now, on Wednesday nights, I was sharing with you, and Don actually said this when I brought this in here. Um, <clears throat> I've been saying, the devil's just a pile of Cool Whip. <laughs> now, this is a pile of wet paper towels. The devil is just a pile of Cool Whip. How much power does a pile of Cool Whip have over you? Other than getting you sticky and icky, it has, I've had a faithful cool it before, uh, I know it gets you sticky and icky, uh, but how much power does this uh, pile of wet paper towels have over you? Ranger Joe, can you turn the lights out for me, please? Now look on the wall over here. That's a big, that's a big thing. That's how much power the devil has is, okay, that's not working as well as I hope. Let's say this. <laughs> but that's how much power we give him. Some people see that and go, <laughs> But you can turn the lights back on because this is going over like a wet paper towel. Um, <laughs> But we're give, that's how much power we're giving him. We're allowing him to scare us and manipulate us, thinking, ooh, it's big, it's big. But it's just, it's just a strategy. It's just a way to get you off of the word. Amen? When you know the truth as a child of God, you will have zero fear of the devil. If you're afraid of the devil, it's because you are believing his lies. You're allowing him to manipulate you. When you're going around saying, I can't, there's no way, there's no how, I don't know how, I'm not going to make it, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I'm ugly, whatever it is, that's his manipulation allowing you to believe that and you're accepting it and you're speaking it into existence when you're saying that. And that's exactly what he wants. Amen? In James 4, 7, we'll come back to the scripture, but in James 4, 7, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. The message says, yell aloud, no to the devil, and watch him make himself scarce. The voice says, if you do, he will run away in failure. That's how we resist him. We say, get, get out of here. What happens when you resist him? He flees. Well, how big of a monster is he if every time he you resist him, he flees? He is nothing. He's defeated. If we're unless we're allowing that, Hollywood has built him up as. I mean, I hate Halloween time because of all the just the commercials. I hate the commercials of the scary movies and things. Um, uh, they're they're promoting how big fear is. Because people allow that fear to be big in their life. Actually, the devil comes across as an angel of light. He tries to trick you in thinking he's bringing God's word to you. He's trying to trick you with trickery and deceit. But we shouldn't be concerned about his power. But we should be concerned about those trickeries and those deceit. It's not the power because he doesn't have it. He has the pile of Cool Whip. It's the trickery we need to be watching out for. 
It's the manipulation. It's the wiliness. I made up that word. You'll like it. It's the wiliness. It's the craftiness. He will not defeat you because of power or how terrible he is, but because he tricked you and confused you and got you sad, made you cry in the corner. That's where he'll get you at. He defeats you not by his power, but by his trickiness, his wiliness. Thank you, I'm a trademark, wiliness. So don't fall prey to his subtleness. Don't be that wildered beast that can't get up the bank and the lion's coming and he got separated from the pack. And you know what I'm talking about. Ella, you don't, you don't want to know. Okay. Um, <clears throat> just joking, babe. But don't fall prey to his subtleness, his craftiness, his deceptions. Be diligent. Be on watch and resist him. What happens when you resist him? He flees. Stand. Resist. Withstand. Don't give up. Don't give in. Put your shields up. What happens when you put your shields up? The torpedoes can't get through. Nothing's getting through. You're, he's not allowing his, his craftiness, his wildness. Nothing's getting through your armor because you're trusting in the Lord and you're telling him to flee. Amen? Amen. Verse number 12 of our previous scripture, Ephesians chapter 6. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of his age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in, in the heavenly places. Verse number 12, we, do, we are not fighting. We do not wrestle. Why is the Lord telling us what we're not fighting against? Because if you don't understand what you're not fighting against, you're going to be fighting against it. We're not fighting against what? Flesh and blood. Say that with me. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. 1 Corinthians, we'll come back to this subject, don't worry. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, and the voice says, So I don't run aimlessly. I don't let my eyes drift off the finish line. When I box, I don't throw punches in the air. What I mean by that is when we're, when we're in our spiritual battle, when we're in a spiritual fight, we're not using words that are just nothing. Like I'm not just saying, I'm well, I'm happy, I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it, it's great. Uh, no, when we're, when we're speaking his words, we're using pow the power of God's word, the name of Jesus behind it. And we're throwing punches that land and we're knocking the devil out. When you're fighting something, uh, why would you be, um, if you're throwing punches in the air, it's like you're fighting things that, that you, that, that's not your problem. Uh, uh, such as, I'm trying to fight how big the powerful the devil is. Well, the devil's power isn't the problem. It's the flesh and the blood and the trickery is that's the problem. Those are the things that we should be fighting. Because the enemy, the enemy has convinced us that our problem uh, is, is his power and how big he is. 
He's in the shell game. You ever seen the shell game where people put the peanut or something under the shell and they move around? If you, if you go to someone on the street doing that, be aware because they're going to trick you somehow to make you believe the, the shell is under, I mean, the peanut is under the shell. And it's just misdirection. He wins by getting Christians misdirected to fight this when we should be fighting that. He wants us to fight his power. He wants us to fight the sadness. He wants us to fight uh, the depression. He wants us to fight the anger when we should be fighting flesh. We should be fighting uh, um, his strategies and the things he's getting us off his word, off the God's word. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3, it says, For we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. He tells us again what we're not fighting. Why, why does he keep telling us the same things over and over? I remember in our class in Ramah about Bible interpretation, one of the key rules of Bible interpretation is to interpret Scripture with Scripture. And so we, we have several cases here, and I'm going to show you more cases, where he's saying you're not fighting the flesh. He says it over and over. If William keeps kicking me in the shin, and I say, please don't kick me in the shin, and he kicks me in the shin, and I say, please don't kick me in the shin, and he kicks me in the shin, then he's not listening, is he? William, I'm sorry I'm picking on you, but you're on the front row. You're welcome. You can thank me later. <laughs> I haven't forgot about David, though, okay. But we're not fighting against the flesh. And if we don't understand this, we're going to be fighting against the flesh. If you haven't got the hold of it today, we're talking about the flesh today. Verse number four, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I added the word flesh here because many in your Bible, it's going to have a little asterisk next to the word carnal and it means flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The weapons of my warfare are not flesh. I do not war after the flesh. Flesh is not my problem. It's not a flesh fight. It's a faith fight. I'm not going to let, uh, uh, I'm not warring after those things that are keeping me down. I'm warring uh, in, uh, uh, through the Spirit. I'm warring through, uh, uh, but I'm in, excuse me, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What does it mean in the flesh? If we're getting worked up, if we're struggling, if we're wrestling against something, if we're getting uh, um, very frustrated about it, if we're getting mad and angry about it, we're getting in the flesh about it. If we're getting depressed about it, we're getting in the flesh about it. If we're getting um, so sad and, and beat up about it, we're getting in the flesh about it. It's, it, it <clears throat> Verse number five, casting down arguments and imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is spiritual warfare, folks. This is spiritual warfare here, casting down those arguments and those imaginations that the devil is bringing against you and, and trying to exalt itself above what God's told you 
And, and that's when we need to bring every thought into obedience. Those thoughts, those feelings, those emotions, those, those are the things we need to keep in check. Those are the casting down imaginations, arguments, thoughts, suggestions, feelings, temptations. Those imaginations and, and those thoughts and feelings that are contrary to the word is what we should be fighting. Amen? You understand? I need to say it again, don't I? We're not fighting the flesh. We're bringing every thought into captivity. Amen? The, the word uh, reminds us several times. I'm just going to give you four quick scriptures. John 3, 30 and 3, verse number 6. For which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. If you're fighting flesh, you're not fighting in the spirit. John 6, 63. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. His words are spirit and they are life. The enemy can have you preoccupied over here with this thing and you're just shadow boxing against it. You're not hitting anything because you're just preoccupied with what he, the misdirection that he has you on. Jesus fought in the spirit fight with the words of his mouth. What were the words coming out of his mouth? Only what the Father said. Only what the Word said. He said, it is written when the enemy brought lies to him. He said, it is written when the enemy suggested that he should do something. He said, it is, it is written when the enemy tempted him with things. What are we saying? <laughs> but Jesus said, it is written. And he was fighting in the spirit, with the, uh, he was knocking down those, those things that are higher, uh, trying to be higher than God's word, and he was putting them back on their level, which is defeated. Amen? In 2 Corinthians 4.18, For while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We do not look at the things which are seen, those are the flesh things. Because the flesh is perishing. The flesh is dying. It's not our problem. But we look at the things which are seen, which are not seen, excuse me. Those are the spirit things. The, etern the eternal things, as the word says here. Those are the things we're looking to. Those are the things we're, we're, he, we're, he, we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might on. Amen. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. <clears throat> it's not a natural, but, it's a, but we're walking in the faith realm here. We're not walking by what we feel we need to do, but we're walking by the direction the Spirit is leading us in, the direction that God's laid on our heart to do. Amen. Not the natural, but in the Spirit. Amen. Can you say, I walk by faith, not by sight. It's not a faith fight. Not a sight fight. It's a faith fight. Not a flesh fight. Amen. I'm going to share one more scripture here about the flesh. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 5. 
For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. I don't think, I think we could just say that's, that's a great, that's a great uh, scripture. I think we're done here. Uh, according to, if you're living according to the flesh, you're setting your mind on those things, and that's the things you're going to be doing. But if you're living according to the Spirit, you're setting your mind on those things, that thing's at home on your heart on the inside of you, and that's the direction that you're headed. For Verse number 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnally minded, flesh minded is death. Life and peace doesn't sound like you're losing, does it? Life and peace sounds like you're winning. Death is losing because you are flesh-minded. Losing because you're keeping your mind and wrestling on the outward external things instead of keeping your mind on the real enemy, the thoughts, the imaginations, the temptations that we should be casting down and not allowing to have any power in our life. We're living according to the Spirit and we're not going to be carnally minded. We're going to be spiritually minded. Amen? The Young's literal there says, in verse number 6, I have at the bottom of the screen there, it says, For the mind of the flesh is death, the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Verse number 7, Because the carnal-minded is enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. What pleases God? Faith pleases God. The word says it. Faith pleases God. Not the flesh or the works of it. We all work at things. We strive at things. We're, we're putting a heart into it. The things he's asked us to do. But when we're doing things um, out of frustration and we're doing things out of bitterness, out of anger, it, it's flesh, it's works. We're just uh, we're, we're shadow boxing. We're not, we're not hitting anything. Faith pleases God. Faith is believing in something that you, you, you don't see it, but you're, you're believing it's there, you're expecting it there, you have the hope that it's there, it's, it's there, you're walking toward it, you're heading toward it. Amen? Faith pleases God. I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. My weapons are not flesh, they are a spirit. It's a faith fight. Amen. Amen. I want to share with you about Peter. Do you remember when... Jesus was heading toward the cross, and, and Peter had told Jesus, I'm going to fight with you. Uh, you know, I'm going to die with you. They're not, this isn't going to happen this way because I'm going to be right there with you. But when the rubber met the road, he was denying Jesus. He was sad. He was broken. He gave up. He gave in to the temptations. He gave in to the pressure. The devil convinced him, and the devil's trying to convince you to give up. It's not worth it. The, your whole, everything you believed is dying right there. There's no way you're getting out of this. 
Your Jesus is dying on the cross. He is defeated. There's no way. And Peter just, he was broken, wasn't he? The devil was trying to convince you of the same. There's, when you're going through the things you're going through, when you're getting the reports from the doctor, when you're getting the bills in the mail, when you're getting your family calls or whatever it is, he's trying to convince you to give up, to give in, because there's no way, there's no how, there's nothing but death and destruction ahead for you. But let me remind you about another story about Peter. In Matthew chapter 14, verse number 22 through 31, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Let me stop right there. This is the same, the way it starts when they're going to the other side when the storm happens. You remember? And they were in the boat and they were accusing Jesus that, you know, don't you care about us? We're dying in here. But... He was sending them to the other side, so they should have expected and anticipating on reaching the other side, no matter what came up. So here, here is another situation where um, they're, they're going to the other side. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was there alone. But the, boat, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, and again it was being tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. <clears throat> Verse number 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, Jesus actually walked on the sea, you know. If you believe Jesus was born uh, uh, from a virgin birth, if you believe Jesus is your, is died on the cross for you, you can believe Jesus walked on water. But um, there's a lot of uh, unbelievers wondering, well, how can you walk on water? There's no way you can walk on water unless you're Jackie Chan. There's no way you can walk on water. If you don't know who that is, you're, that's aging myself here. <clears throat> they believe it's impossible to walk on water. Why? Because of their flesh limited. They only believe what they can see and what they can feel. Remember in Romans chapter five, eight number, excuse me, Romans chapter eight, verse number five, we read a few moments ago, for those that live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But Jesus is walking on the water here. It's true, you cannot walk on the water in the flesh. But you can walk on the water by faith in the Spirit. For those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. That's what you're living. When you're living according to the Spirit, that's what you're getting out of it. The things of the Spirit. In verse number 26 here, <clears throat> And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. Just like the big pile of Cool Whip up here. It's a ghost. And they all cried out. I can only think of Joey from Friends when I say it's a ghost. It's a ghost. And they all cried out for fear. 
They were, they were scared because they were thinking it's a ghost because they were thinking it's something supernaturally bad. There's a lot of Christians just seeking the supernatural. But sometimes seeing the supernatural doesn't give you faith. And seeing amazing miracles, people, even those people, uh, sometimes some people don't get faith. Sometimes the supernatural may, um, when you're searching for it, and that's the only thing you're searching for, sometimes the devil can make that happen for you <laughs> and trick you. But we don't want to be flesh limited here. In verse number 27, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Doesn't a lot of good things happen in the Word when the words, Don't be afraid, comes up? Don't be afraid because something amazing is happening right now. Don't be afraid because your life is about to change. Buckle up. In verse number 28, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Did Jesus get offended when Peter asked that? Did Jesus say, no, 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 Peter, it's me, Jesus, son of God, you know, son of God, it's me, I got the crown on, um, you can't do this. There's no way. What did Jesus say? Come on. What's, what's Jesus saying to us when we want to believe and do the things he's promised us? Come on. You can do this. And Jesus said, come on. Come with me. The water's fine. And he's still saying, come on. Come walk like I do. Do what I say. Do what I say and that can't do what do what they say can't be done. It's possible. It is possible. It's not in the flesh, but it's in the spirit. It is possible. And Peter walked on the water. We see that here in verse number 29. So he said, Come, and Peter had come down out of the boat, and he walked on the water to Jesus. In verse number 30. But when he saw that wind, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. The Living Bible says, terrified. The message says he lost his nerve. The, Philipp, uh, the Phillips translation says he panicked. Matthew Farmer translation says he got his underwear in the twist. He, he, he got frustrated. He, he got upset. He got scared. He got terrified. Things were happening around him. And, and he, what did he take his eyes off of? Jesus. He took his eyes off the spirit and put his eyes on what? The flesh. Why did he panic? Because of the flesh 
the things going on around him. You can only walk on water by faith and by the Spirit. And the devil was not happy about this. What would happen if Peter successfully walked on water? He did a jig out there and he went to the boat. What would all the other disciples have done? They would have got out of the boat and then had a party right there on the water. It would have been possible if they asked Jesus, hey, is this possible? And he said, he would say, come on, let's do this. Let's have a good time. And then what would have happened? News would have spread to the world. These water walkers are taking over everything. What's going to happen? But all the devil had to do was throw a couple uh, couple waves in his direction and, and, and get his eyes off the word, and he began to sink. The enemy says, you can't do this. Eric, I need your help. Can you help me for a minute? Please. Jim, you remind me of a holy man of God. Can you be Jesus for me up here? So Jim, you're you're walking on the water from that way to this way. From stage right to center stage. Is that right? Okay. Stage left to center stage. From that way to this way. Okay. You're in the boat. You're tossing in the waves. You're tossing. You're in the boat. You see Jesus coming. What do you say to Jesus? Can I come with you? Okay. So I'm going to pretend I'm the devil. So you're walking on the water. And what does the devil do? Hey, 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 Peter! Hey, 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 Peter! 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 I'm drowning. Yeah. Ah. He w- and I'm sopping wet right now. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He wanted to... William, I hope I got you wet. Um, I meant to say, I hope I didn't get you wet. But I hope I got you wet. Um, <clears throat> so Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? <clears throat> the enemy did not want Peter to make it, did he? He was saying, look at the wind, look at the waves, there's no way you can do this. Is the wind Peter's problem? Is the problem the waves that are going on? Is the problem the salt getting in his eyes? Is the problem the how much of his outfit is getting wet? No, that's not the problem. The wind and the waves are flesh and they're natural, and they're outward, and he feels the effects of this on his flesh. And let me give it to you a different way, the way that we understand. He has symptoms of waves. He has symptoms of wind going on in his body. He has symptoms of things happening around him, symptoms of waves, symptoms of wind. And can the wind and the waves and the symptoms keep you from walking on the water? Can the symptoms and the waves keep you from reaching Jesus? They cannot. Walking by faith, walking by the Spirit supersedes all of that. Can the enemy stop him from getting out of the boat? No. Can the enemy stop him from walking on the water? No, comma, unless he can get distracted. I don't know if that was proper grammar, but it sounded great. 
he got distracted and he kept him from walking on the water by being distracted and looking at the symptoms instead of what the Word says. Getting him distracted and getting his eyes off what the Word says and thinking about, I'm going to drown out here. There's no way for me to make it. I'm being overwhelmed. We've all had these symptoms going on in our bodies. We've had all these symptoms going on in our thought life. Peter stopped looking at Jesus when he saw and he felt the wind and he saw the water. He, he got out of the spirit. He got back in the flesh. He started walking by sight and not by faith. And he started to sink. Because you can't walk on the water in the flesh. And that's why the enemy is trying to continually to be wily, to be wily-ishes, and to continue getting you to fight in the flesh. Trademark. <laughs> he wants you to be distracted. He wants your eyes only to be on the symptoms. What is the flesh? It's symptoms. Symptoms, it's hurting, it's pain, it's swelling, it's inflammation, it's the bad test reports, it's the bad reports, it's the stress, it's the bills, it's, it's the family turmoil, it's all these things that are going on in the world. That's what he wants you to keep your eyes and your direction on. We thank God for good doctors and we thank God for good nurses. There's, there's nurses and doctors called to their profession by God. But they're giving us a flesh report. What's going on in your body? It's a flesh report. But we should, it's there, it's real, it's there. But after that bad report comes, some people, that's where they stop at. They stop, they break down, they go to their car, they cry, they call their loved one, and that's all they talk about. Everyone they meet is how bad it is, how awful it is, how we're not going to make it, how terrible this report is, how this report is. They, they, they want to put it on the, the phone tree and let everyone know how awful it is and that we're never going to make it. And how just how powerful the devil is in their life, bless his holy name. And that's what they want people to know. But remember, the devil has no power. He only has those wiliness, the distractions, and the things going on in your life. Because in Acts 20, 24, none of these symptoms, none of these things move me off of God's Word. None of these things move me out of the Spirit. None of these things get me off what the Word says about my life. The Word says I'm happy. The Word says I'm good looking. The Word says I'm whole. The Word says I'm blessed. The Word says I have it. The Word says it's mine. That's who you are. Amen? None of these things move me. What if Peter had said, none of these things move me? I'm not going to get caught up in these waves. I'm not going to get, Jesus, I'm coming to you now. Of course, we wouldn't have this example to share in the Bible, but we would have something else to share. But <clears throat> he wants us to understand the reason this happened was so we, it's written in the Word for us to know what happened so we can learn from this, understand from this, that we're not living by the flesh, we're living by the Spirit. Amen? People get caught up in these symptoms and fighting these symptoms. People have thought if they're hurting or if they're sick that they have to make it stop. 
that that's what they're fighting, that I'm fighting the pain. We hear that all the time. I'm fighting this cold. I'm fighting these symptoms. Is that what the Word says you're fighting? Quit fighting the symptoms. Quit fighting the pain. You're like, what? That's not what the song said. That's not what the commercial says. We're supposed to be fighting the thoughts and the imaginations and the things that are coming against you that are telling you that you're sick, that you're broke, that you're defeated. Because you are made just like Jesus. You have the same body, the same anointing, and the same personality, and the same strength on the inside to speak the word of God out of your mouth instead of the symptoms and the pain and the, and the wildness that the devil wants you to speak. Amen? Those thoughts and those, what are we supposed to be fighting? We're supposed to be fighting the thoughts and the imaginations that come and tell you that you're not going to get any better. That you're sick as a dog and you're going to stay that way. You're never going to get through this. That, you know what, that pain that you have in your chest, it's probably cancer. <laughs> you're not going to make it. You're not, you better go to the doctor because you're going to die soon. <laughs> you know, it happens. This is going to kill you. You're broke. You're a loser. You're ugly. They hate you. Do you know they're in the corner right now talking about you, how much they hate you right now? <laughs> it happens. And, you know, <laughs> uh, they, they, that's what the devil wants you to think. What are we supposed to be fighting? Not that flesh, because that's a lie. Amen? Satan is a liar. Satan, I resist you when those things come up. What happens when we say, Satan, I resist you? He flees. Instead of thinking about that lie, instead of dwelling on that lie, start thinking about, the, the, like the songs Melissa was singing today, His goodness is running after me. His goodness, He's always been faithful in my life. He's faithful to everything in my life. Those are the things I'm thinking about. Those are the things I'm speaking out of my mouth. Amen? It's not flesh that's coming out of my mouth. It's not the false imaginations and thoughts that are coming out of my mouth. Remember in, in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, we, we, we read about, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but they're mighty for pulling down strongholds. We're casting down arguments and imaginations and bringing into captivity every thought that's not obedient to the word. Oh, excuse me, I'm getting my words mixed up. Every thought that's not uh, in agreement with the word, we're bringing it to captivity and we're not allowing it to have a uh, run over and, over and over our life. Amen? Your fight is never giving in. You're not giving up. You're not giving in. You're going to stop saying you can't. That should not come out of your mouth. You should stop saying, I, there's no way, there's no how, I can't do it, I don't know. Those words are evil words, and we shouldn't be speaking those words because they're contrary to what the Word says. Amen? You, the devil wants you to believe you can't, it won't, it won't ever, it's not going to happen, there's no way, it's impossible. 
every day and every night. We're fighting and casting down those imaginations and we're resisting the devil and he is fleeing and we will say, yes, I can do it. Yes, I will. Yes, it is possible. Yes, I am healthy. Yes, I am whole. Yes, I do have direction. Yes, I do have understanding. Yes, I do know the way out of this pickle and we will make it through. Amen. I don't have to heal myself. I don't have to bring the money in. I don't have to worry and struggle about it. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is His. Do we just believe it or are we just throwing punches in the air? I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm never going to make it. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm never going to make it. No, we, we're speaking His words and we're believing it and we're not giving in to the devil. Amen? Man, it looks like you're hurting. I see you're, you're, you're limping. Don't worry about that. It's there. Don't worry about it. But I know I'm healed. I know I'm healed. Didn't you know Brother Hagen on his deathbed, the, the pastor came in and Brother Hagen wanted to ask him about Mark 11, 22 and 23. And all the pastor did was pat him on the head and say, just lay back, boy. You'll be, you'll be, back. You'll be in heaven soon in no time. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. <laughs> Did the, some people would have stopped right there. Yeah, I need to write my funeral songs. I need to, I need to, yeah, I'm going to die. That's not where he stopped at, did he? His eyes was on the spirit, not on the flesh. He knew that the word had called him to be healthy and whole. And he was even so healthy and whole, he got out of that deathbed and he had a job. And he was pulling up full peach trees out of the ground by hand. I mean, have you ever just tried to pull a little root out of the ground? I mean, he was pulling pull, full peach trees. He, that's what the devil, excuse me, that's what the Lord wants for you. I'm not saying he wants you to go pull, pull peach trees out of the ground, but he does want you to be healthy and whole and happy and blessed. Amen? I must not be much of a faith person because I still have this issue going on in my life. That's the enemy keeping you distracted, getting you to be sad about it, getting you to be upset about it. He doesn't want you to be there. He wants you to focus on that and not on the word. That's not your fight. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, standing firm in your faith, saying, I am healed, I will finish my course. I will run my race. My bills are paid. I have everything I need. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace that surpasses all understanding. I have direction. I have understanding. Depression has no place in my life. I do know what to do. Those are the things that we should be speaking and proclaiming and being in agreement what the Word says. Amen? Say with me, I will fight. The good fight of faith. I will not fight flesh. I will fight with the Spirit. Amen. I'm not saying you're fighting against the Spirit, but the Spirit's on your side and you're fighting together and you're defeating the devil. Amen. Amen. Stand up with me if you would. Amen. Heavenly Father, you're a good God. You're a merciful God. You're a loving God. Father, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. There's some people in here, and I'm going to do something unusual here. There's some people in here that have struggled to the point of weariness 
because they're fighting against the natural and physical things. And if that's you, and when I say by unusual, I'm going to be the one getting in the prayer line about that. I'm raising my hand right now because I have been fighting to weariness the things of the physical and the things in the natural, and it's getting me down, and I've been allowing that fight to defeat me. Some of you are just like that today. You're allowing those things to overwhelm you. You're allowing those things to come against you and push you down and knock you down, just like the definition of the devil's name is to hit you, to hit you, to hit you, and that's what you feel like over and over and over, just being hit and hit and hit and ground into dust. But that's not what God wants for you. And if that's you today, Raise your hands to the heavens and just thank Him that He, God, You're my source. Father, You're my direction. Father, You're my uh, anchor. Father, You're my healer. Father, You're my uh, understanding, my peace, and I just thank You. I thank You, I thank You, I thank You. Everyone say this with me. No longer will I struggle against flesh and blood. No longer will I fight against the wind and the waves. I never will fight against feelings. The pain, the bills, that's all flesh. That's all natural. That's all outward. That's not my flesh. I fight the spirit fight. I fight the good fight of faith. And I win every time. Thank you, Jesus, I win. Thank you, Jesus, we are more than overcomers. Thank you, Jesus, you have paid the price for us to be happy, to be whole. And we choose to keep our eyes on you. We choose to put our eyes on your, uh, uh, of the things that you've accomplished for us, the promises that you've made for us. That's what we're keeping our eyes on. That's what we're keeping our words on. That's what we're keeping our thoughts on, on your words, not the wiliness of him, but on your words. Because your words are powerful. Your words are life to me. Your words are healing to me. Your words are bringing me up, pulling me up out of the miry pit, setting my feet upon the rock. And I thank you. I thank you. I just run to you. And I thank you. I thank you. I praise you. You are wonderful. You are amazing. You are mighty. And we just worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're in this place, 